Welcome back to Free Wide, our once weekly podcast discussing both NASCAR and Formula One. I'm Caleb. I'm Connor. I'm Dad. All right, how are we all doing this weekend? Pretty good. F1 was a race where not Verstappen won, so that's always a good weekend. It was a uh, yeah, very odd to see not Red Bull dominating the race, dom- not dominating practices. So uh, Italy was an early race. We got to watch it quite a bit before we went to church, and uh, it was a pretty Singapore, neat weekend. Singapore, you mean Singapore? Yeah, when I say Italy, <laughs> Singapore, yes. Yeah, you can really tell uh, that the uh, Singapore humidity has really hit over here. <laughs> yeah, it's, even, it's got its way to East Tennessee. Went it, to about 120 over there while we're in racing. That it has, and uh, like you just said, uh, this is... Uh, it didn't affect Carlos Sainz, though. Did not affect Carlos Sainz. This was a race that neither Red Bull really had a really big chance of winning the race. Carlos Sainz basically just kind of cruised, controlled his way to victory, kind of was smarter than the Ferrari strategists and was able to uh, get his car into the best winning position after uh, Ferrari decided to sacrifice uh, Charles Leclerc. Yeah, definitely a um, signed victory today. So, Hot take here. Connor's a Ferrari guy. Should Ferrari make signs that are more driver? Ooh. Statistics, yes. Money, no. I mean, he's to me, he's outperformed with Leclerc this year. Even really going back to last year, almost he's kind of you know Leclerc is either records or checkers. It seems like that is very very yeah, true. Signs is granted he did finish fourth today, uh, finished ahead of Verstappen, but some extraordinary good weekend for Ferrari, that's for sure. Extraordinary circumstances led him to finish fourth. He was going on to a fifth place finish before uh, certain shenanigans on the final lap ensued, but. Red Bull, that's that's a bit that's a bigger thing I want to talk about. Red Bull just kind of didn't really seem to be really on the pace. I mean, we saw it Friday; they just they had struggles, struggle bus all weekend. Yeah, and just yep. even Sergio Perez, king of the streets, does not at all get in the groove of his car, and just kind of not good for Red Bull. Yeah, for Stappen, really, this is the track we've seen him struggle at the most. Like this year. And last year, really, hasn't really, didn't win last year, shocker, but just. Didn't Perez win last year? Perez did win last year, so this was looking like a Red Bull track off the top of our head, however. They did not have it this weekend, that's for sure. Now, one thing I do want to mention before we we get further into this discussion is that the FIA did introduce a couple changes to the rulebook, which banned flexi wings and flexi floors, which like makes the floor and the wings flex when like when they hit a bump. And curiously, uh, Red Bull seemed off the pace. I'm not sure if there was something in the floor or something in the wings that they had to take out, but... It definitely seems coincidental. Very does seem very coincidental. I'm not convinced that they had anything to do with that. It had anything to do with Red Bull. I think it had more something to do with Aston Martin, now I think about it, because I think they were going to invest in a flexi floor for something like that. Man, speaking of... Aston Martin. Not a great weekend for Lance Stroll. Yeah, Lance Stroll uh, basically uh, takes himself out of contention. Shreds his car. Even before the race even began. And Fernando Alonso, uh, we'll we'll discuss him in like in a few, but Alonso did not have a good race. Was looking to do pretty well and then just kind of throws his car off into the runoff and just doesn't have, just falls way out of the points. Yeah, Alonso was looking good, top 10 finish, which I guess is the standard now for Aston Martin, but... Not even that? Yeah, sometimes not even that. 
how about uh, how about we have a new points score in Formula One? Everyone give a uh, congratulations to Liam Lawson for uh, finishing P nine in the uh, AlphaTauri. That is uh, very uh, very interesting with its pace from time to time. And Liam Lawson said that Singapore was was his dream track to go to. And what do you know? He gets his first ever points on his dream track. And even also Max Verstappen Q in Q two. That was a shock. That was a shock to me. <laughs> that, that was. That was. That a was shock I'm sure me. that was an interesting conversation after that, after qualifying. I'm sure that was, and Lawson's kind of proved him. Lawson's kind of proved himself. Uh, kind of be. Uh, he's turned some heads. I think oh, he's turned some heads. He's turned some heads. It'll be. Uh, it'll be unfortunate whenever he has to go back to the reserve seat for Daniel Ricciardo when he returns. That Qatar is looking to be the earliest possible date, but. It's kind of opened the freeway battle for a two-car seat at AlphaTauri. None of those drivers are confirmed to be coming back next year. So right now it's looking like a battle between Sonoda, Ricardo, and Liam Lawson. And speaking of Sonoda, what an awful t- last couple of weeks it's been for us, Sonoda. Yeah, he seemed to be better better than Ricardo, but just since then, really, just not really. He's definitely better than DeVries, though, I'll say that, but it's... Yeah, didn't didn't start the race at Italy, then what? Completed one lap. Completed half a lap. Half a lap this week. So, yeah, two forgettable races. Certainly, Japan going home. He definitely wants to go home, and um, get a good I'm result. sure we'll get a good result for next week. When you know, it seemed like he did well there last year, but man, granted, two bad races in a row for him. And I mean, you got to think too. He hears Liam Lawson's footsteps. I mean, you got to think that he's thinking about that because I mean, it seems like Danny Rick's in there no matter what. Uh, next year, it seems like. So it's to me, it's almost between Yuki and uh, Liam Lawson. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what Marco does. We'll see what happens. Uh, Haas scores their first points since uh, Miami this year with Kevin Magnuson squeaking into the top ten despite uh, almost locking, despite locking up coming out of uh, turn five, which costed him like a crap ton of spots. And he comes home to get a nice, respectable P10. No doubt. No doubt. What about Russell? We're Oh, Holy smokes! Was not wild at the end. That was heartbreak for I mean, Mercedes. Was coming. Mercedes. I don't know if they would have passed McLaren though. I mean, I know the broadcasters so, were making a big deal of. I don't know that he he would have passed. Basically, so what happened was let's set the scene here. So basically, the Mercedes gotten a virtual safety car, I believe by virtue of Esteban Ocon's yeah, yeah, tire engine uh, doing Alpine things and expiring, and. Basically, both the Mercedes double-stacked, got basically fresh mediums, and basically were in a range where they could run down both first and second place, Sainz and Norris, and could maybe pass them if they had the better tires. Now, you see, catching up to a car on a street course is one thing. Passing said car on a street course is another thing. By the end of the lap... About about lap 60 or so, Sainz had noticed that Russell and Hamilton were right there and was strategically giving Lando Norris DRS in order to prevent uh, Russell and Hamilton from getting Right, by. so basically he created a, DR, a DRS train, so... Couldn't... And Norris couldn't... Norris's tires were worse than, worse off than Sainz, however. Norris was, was fast enough to where he could get by, where he could stay with Sainz, but couldn't pass him. Russell over, is overdriving the call, trying to get to... Science before the first DRS zone, he clips the wall heading into that little fast left to right where the Singapore sling used to be, clips the wall, and he goes straight on into the tire barriers, and it was just heartbreak. 
Yeah, definitely a podium for sure. And he just threw it away, really. That was his really, that was Mercedes' only chance to get in second. Probably with the second DRS zone, he might have had a chance with. I don't know that he would have passed him, but still, I mean, I guess just pushing too hard, lack of concentration, wherever you want to count to be. But like you said, he clips the wall and basically just knocks him off balance and he goes straight in. Heartbreak for that guy. He was thinking he was going to win it. I don't. I don't think he got. Past I think Lando. he might have gotten by Lando, but I don't know if he would have gotten by Carlos Sainz. Sainz was placing his car a little bit too strategically sure. for him to uh, get. He by. was definitely giving Lando uh, a toe to keep keep the distance there. Like I said, and Sainz, like you said, he played it well. Sainz, pretty Sainz well. is a very analytical uh, racer. He does not. He's not the fastest, but he f- but he tends to be a lot more strategic than other guys. And I think that might be. Some- that's something you always you always want to look at when it, when you're looking for a driver. You want a guy who's who just doesn't think, "Ooh, fast car, get win." You want a guy think you want a guy who can think of another way to win when it doesn't look like there's a way to victory or, or just kind of challenge the strategy the strategist because we all know that Ferrari needs somebody to challenge the strategies over at Ferrari. But I think another uh, big uh, source. Another big development this season, a silly season. So, Alfa Romeo, they're locked up for next season. Zhou Guanyu re-signs with uh, Alfa Romeo. So, the biggest seat right now, the only empty seat left besides Alfa Tari is Williams. And right now, it's looking... It's looking technically, more, it's not empty. It's not technically not empty. It's Logan Sargent who currently holds the drive. However... Crashes again. Again, Logan Sargent cannot keep it out of the wall. And right now, it looks like Logan Sargent is looking more and more likely by the day to be replaced. The biggest question is who? There appears to be two major candidates. Mick Schumacher has been discussed a couple of times. However, I think Mick, that ship has already sailed multiple times. And the more recent rumor is 2022 F2 champion Felipe Drugovic. I could see that. I could see that for sure, but... Well, she seems like he's turned some heads being the Ashton Martin reserve driver. He's done well. So I could definitely see that name happening at Williams. I mean, it certainly seems like Williams is losing their patience with Sargent. I think they definitely want to keep an American driver. I think you mentioned that on the last podcast. But they have definitely seem like they're losing their patience. Because Albon's doing great. I mean, he's points almost every week. And Sargent is crashing every week. Yeah, Jerkovic, out in Q one every week. Yeah, Djurkovic is definitely definitely still talking with multiple teams. He's so, turned down a lot of good teams though. He recently turned down a really high paying IndyCar yeah, team. Yeah, that's what I was whatever IndyCar team that is is currently not known. It's implied to be EC Ed Carpenter Racing or a Meyer Shankers, from what I've been told. So. Drogovic is definitely turning some heads, and it remains to be seen whether or not he would be the better fit for Lo- than uh, Logan Sargent in that Williams car. So, kind of a it's kind of big race now. Japan's coming up uh, pretty soon. They Japan's coming up uh, this uh, Sunday. So, uh, first of all, one in the morning race going to be uh, <laughs> going to be, be a, a long uh, night. Ver- verily, so. Uh, what do we have to uh, say last about year? Japan? Rest of your Red Bull sweep, and uh, because in the rain, and Verstappen won. So the t- the top the constructors top the he won the drivers that, title. Remind I, me, can he lock it up this weekend? I believe he. I believe. I believe he can. I 
I think he needs like a. I think he needs like a get. I think he needs like a certain gab, and I think with this win, he needs like, like, I think he needs like only like eight or six more points. So pretty much, yeah, it's yeah. pretty well over, no matter where everyone else. So basically, finishes. if he finishes fifth or above, he locks it up pretty well. Okay, and it's not like anybody's gonna beat him anyway. Right. Yeah, so yeah, it looks like last year he won the race for twenty seven seconds of a Perez. So, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> and you know what they'll do? If Perez is leading, they'll just tell him, hey, Perez, pull over exactly. now. Exactly. And though this is a bit of an interesting track for uh, – it's very – it's very – it looks – it's very downforce heavy, but it's also very fast on the straights. And it's probably one of the longest uh, corners, that tracks that we have on the uh, circuit. So I think it'll be interesting to see what uh, – it'll be interesting to see what Williams and McLaren will do, kind of keep an eye on them. This is kind of a similar track to Silverstone, only there's a little bit more braking and a lot more uh, S's. So we'll see how uh, they go. I think keep an eye. This is usually around the time that a lot of the silly season stuff starts wrapping up. So keep an eye on the news. We'll, we may or may not see a couple of... Uh, we may or may not find out where uh, out where people are going for AlphaTauri next year, as well as maybe your mate. We'll get I'm looking at the driver standings. I just noticed Hamilton. Does he did he slide up to third this week, or did yep. that happen last week? He moves race? up to third after uh, gaining 16 points on a uh, on his, his old rival Fernando Alonso, who uh, endured another pointless uh, who endured a pointless race this season, this week. Right. For the first yeah, science can catch him pretty quickly if Alonso doesn't improve. That is very true. Lando Norris is uh, pr- is pretty close on George Russell in eighth. So kind of a big. Uh, deal but just overall it's kind of a more uh tight but still pretty uh eventful week at formula one and then that ferrari mercedes constructors battle it's really tight that is true all uh, this 24 points looks like yep and uh, another big another big uh, week in general haas is able to get another about another point gap over uh, alfa romeo so alfa romeo is going to need to pull something if they want to try and get eight from uh haas we'll see what happens let's take a short little break and we'll come back to interesting tactics and some maybe maybe some predictions for japan all right we are back from our break and we're going to go into interesting tactics this is a segment where we cover strategy calls that we thought were interesting they could have been good they could have been bad they could have been ferrari we thought they were interesting and this week we're going to start with you dad I think Christian Horner's call to go start with hards. Uh, Gamble going along a uh, longer pit stop strategy. They went 30 laps, I think, before they got tires. Um, and then they went mediums, and then they got the safety car. So it kind of paid off for them. I mean, Sapin ended up finishing fifth. They were, I ain't going to say they were horrible this weekend, but they were definitely not good this weekend. But they still come out with a fifth place finish uh, with Verstappen. So to me, that was a good call. I mean, that was a that was a great, that was an interesting tactic Horner pulled off there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, my interesting tactic is going to be Liam Lawson for knocking out Verstappen. This conversation can only go one way. Bad. What are you doing, Liam, says Horner. (laughs) Tossed on the other hand. Good job, mate. Good job. Very, very true. My uh, interesting tactic this week is the Aston Martin team that caught my eye. They decided to pit Fernando Alonso for the soft tires at Singapore, only for him on his outlap to uh, lock up into the runoff area and basically throw himself far out of the points. 
It's not a good look for uh, no, not a good look. Not a good look. Nope. And he's struggling on pit road. Yeah, just not a good week in general for Aston Martin. No. Week to forget for Alonso. Yeah, he got a five set penalty. He went to the base on the pitch uh, too early. I think he forgot that there was a no Nelson PK Jr. in this race. That's it. That's Cra- it. No crash gate for him. All right, let's move on to some predictions for Japan, and this is just where we're going to predict uh, who's going to join Verstappen on the podium, since we all know it's most likely going to be Max Verstappen, but we'll see this week. Uh, I don't think the Red Bull pace is a sign of things to come. I don't think so, but I think we all know Verstappen's going to win, so who do we think is going to be second and third? I'm going uh, Checo second and Lando third. All right, going with uh, classic all-reliable I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with a little bit interesting. I'm gonna say that Lando Norris will be second, and I'm gonna say that Carlos Sainz is gonna be third. He tends to, he's up he was pretty good in the rain, and we'll see what he does this uh, week at Japan. I'm basically just gonna say Caleb except split. So, so Carlos and Lando. Yep. Alrighty, I think that about wraps it up for this week for the Formula One segment. We hope y'all enjoyed listening. We'll see y'all next week. Peace out. Peace out.